What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome to episode 167 of the Fight Library. I am your host, Blaine Henry, and today I have two special guests. Before we dive in, please drop a sub on YouTube, drop a sub on your podcast app, and drop a review if you enjoy this show. My guest today is twofold. First, we have Jake Danger from the Grand Sumo Breakdown. That's right, I've done it. I finally managed to get Sumo on my podcast. Hell yeah. Second guest, Tovan Anthony, the very awesome Tovan Anthony who sings who you got. That's right, he's on the show. So guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's play some music and dive on in. Alright, first up, Jake Danger, Grand Sumo Podcast. He is uh, one of my favorite sumo wrestling podcasts, actually. Actually, I think it's my favorite. Technically second favorite, because this one's now a sumo podcast as well. Ha! I'm beating you. Just kidding. The guys over at Grand Sumo Breakdown are fantastic. They they really do a great job of letting you know the politics of the sport and stuff. And me and Jake, we get in the weeds on this about sumo culture in general. We don't really talk too much technical stuff or what have you. So this is really a good episode for a fan just getting into sumo or wanting to get into sumo. Uh, this is really a good starting point. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Let's go ahead and dive on in. So I've finally done it. Sumo on the Fight Library podcast. Anybody who follows me for a while knows I'm a fan of sumo. Big fan of sumo. But I think I found one bigger than me. Jake Danger of the Grand Sumo Breakdown. The best sumo podcast on the planet. Um, second would be the Fight Library now officially. So Jake, thanks for joining <laughs> me, brother. How are you? Absolutely. You bet. I'm always happy to talk sumo, which means I'm doing very well right now. So, for for people who don't know you, I want you to like pitch your podcast and basically tell me how you got involved into sumo wrestling. And uh, yeah, t- talk about your sumo experience first because I'm gonna talk about mine in a second. Yeah, you bet. Um, let's see, roughly four to five years ago or so, um, we just kind of stumbled across uh, stumbled across sumo on YouTube. Um, I mean, it's me and uh, the other guys who run the podcast are uh, college buddies. So, you know, we've been, we've been tight for like a, a decade or so now. So, you know, we, we have common dorky interests. And when, uh, when a sport that is also kind of dorky pops up like this, we just decided, oh, let's take a look at it. And after maybe a year or so of just watching, watching every tournament, uh, we decided, you know, we're, we're white guys around 30, which means we either have to brew our own beer or start a podcast. So we went with the podcast route and we've been going for roughly three years. Um, and yeah, our, our show, we basically just preview and recap every, every tournament. We do a, an episode, uh, about halfway through each tournament as well. And whenever there's not a tournament going on, we just have a, a, a bunch of, you know, other, other sumo adjacent topics. Um, for example, there's no tournament here in December. So what we're doing is just a, a big recap of the year with uh, a whole bunch of other people 
uh, to collaborate with. So we just we're we're just hobbyists, you know. We're not. It, it, we certainly are are not like you know. This isn't our our full time job. Unfortunately, I would love it if I could if I was uh, you know, able to pull that off. But no, we we just just four four guys doing it in our free time, and uh, we're we're always happy to talk to other people who want to learn more about sumo. So when you and I hooked up on Twitter, figured this was a great opportunity to try and expand the try and expand the sports fan base wherever we can. Yes, and okay. So my first question to you: I've been sumo for about a year and a half really seriously writing about it for about six months and stuff. How do you uh, not be that weird guy that likes sumo to all your normal friends? <laughs> well, the, the, the best way to do it is make sure that uh, they stop being normal friends and start being sumo nerd friends as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think uh, part of it is, is the fact that, the the three guys I run the podcast with are my three best friends, and that just you know makes it makes it easy to to get along and and have fun like that. But you know if you're if you're gonna be like me and uh, if, if we ever you know have have video on your podcast, you'll see all the sumo crap on the wall behind me. Um, you know, for me, I just kind of roll with it. You know, it's it's uh, if somebody is gonna if somebody has any any kernel of interest in sumo it's it's easy to get that going but if they don't and they they tease you for watching you know fat guys in diapers as as people are are tend to joke yeah just roll with it i mean it's far from the weirdest the weirdest of uh you know interests that i have yeah and uh fat guy in diaper that's funny because that's what it seems like what like i'm in a group a wrestling group shout out to the bajering boys um like Olympic wrestling, not fake wrestling. Uh, and I'm <laughs> it's like, still bro. real to me, damn it. <laughs> I'm like, bro, these guys use technique. Holy hell, there's underhooks, hip tosses, leg trips, and everything. They're like, what? So I show mm -hmm. them a video and they're like, oh, this is interesting. So now they like start to dive into it a little bit. It's like, this is really technical, you know, because mm -hmm. my first foray into the technicality side of it was Inho. Inho is what got me into it. Um, anybody who doesn't know, Inho's small. He's about twice as small as pretty much the average uh, wrestler. And he uses more technique-wise to uh, win matches. And I did an in-depth piece on Inho. And I, it started to get me to understand the techniques more. This is just how I learned. And I'm seeing that it's not just the little guy that does it. You know, they've got, they're real big on like arm drags. And uh, the belt's a real big part of it. And if you look across wrestling across the world, folk-style wrestling's... Uh, uh, huge everywhere. Wrestling is like a universal form of, of martial art. And belt style wrestling is very, very popular. So it seems kind of natural that sumo wrestling also developed um, a belt style wrestling too. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's kind of a bummer. Like the, the sumo uniform is what, the only thing that everyone knows about sumo wrestling, right? <laughs> um, and if you can get over that, you know, if you can get somebody to just say, hey, hey, give it a chance, it's 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 actually a lot more complicated than it looks. Then you start to see like the uh, the the weird cultural interchange around it, how it's how it's way more ingrained in like what Japan is as a culture than, you know, like baseball is for America or something like that. You know, it's it's not just a sport. There's all sorts of like traditional ritual to it. Um, there's all sorts of things that make it more than just a, a niche sport 
you know, like if you wanted to follow a niche sport, you could probably like look up darts or something, you know, if, if, or, yeah. or, or whatever, you know, there's, there's tons of sports out there that most people don't know very much about, but most of those sports don't also like, you know, have, have like a, an entire culture worth of information that goes into the, what's happening in front of you when you're watching it. So that, that kind of, uh, it'll lead you down the rabbit hole. If you start watching sumo for, uh, uh, for like the technique, it's, it's basically just, um, you know, super heavyweight judo effectively. (laughs) Um, but like by, you know, whatever route gets you started, there's so much more like history. There's so much more, uh, uh, ritual. Like I said before, like there's, there's a lot going on there. Uh, and it's one of those things where like, it just, just watching the sport, if you were to just like look up a highlight video, it would be like, wow, that's kind of cool what they're doing. But what the hell is the other 99% of what's going on here? Right, right. There's a lot of, uh, pop, I don't want to say pomp and circumstance, but there's a lot of ritual behind sumo from the stomping to get the demon out of the uh, the dohyo, the, the, the tossing of the salt and all that. There's, there's mm-hmm. a lot more to it. And once you understand kind of behind it, I read a book, uh, The Way of Salt by Ash Warren. He's coming on the podcast too. Um, and he, he goes into a dive. I bought the book thinking, oh, this is going to be about sumo. It's more of the culture of sumo, which I found was interesting. Uh, how these guys dedicate their entire lives from a young age to that pretend, basically just do sumo wrestling. And it's, it's really, um, it's the same as other martial arts, if you want to be honest. It looks different on the outside because they're big, obese guys. But at the, at, at the heart of it, it's still a sport. And they're still dedicating uh, a piece of themselves to that sport. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and it's one of the tragic parts about it is that like an Mm. elderly sumo wrestler is like 32. Um, you know, like the, they train seven days a week, like and and here again, like we could easily get into any go travel miles down any rabbit hole that we wanted. But for example, just the, the toll that it can take on athletes, they, they live in a, in like in one building, like in a barracks basically, uh, for each camp. And there's like 40 some camps in professional sumo. And every day they wake up, they train the ever loving hell out of themselves. And, uh, then they just do it again the next day. And there's no breaks. There's no off season. You have a tournament every other month, no matter what people get like completely broken down, uh, in their early thirties. And unfortunately that just carrying that much size on you, uh, can definitely shorten the lifespan. Like traditionally, it's unsurprising to see uh, high-level guys that weren't able to get rid of the weight after retiring or something, or even if they did, you know, a lot of guys will pass away in their fifties and sixties and stuff. There's there's so much there's so much uh, that goes into it than that dedication to basically that th- this is the only thing in their lives uh, to get to that top level. It's the only thing that they do de- uh, from you know sun up to sundown every single day forever. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's part of um, they're, they're based in ritual, but there there comes a point in time to where things have to change. One of my big things is injury. We've seen uh, yeah, this this last Basho, the last two really, Hakuho, the number one sumo in the world, probably one of the best of all time, hasn't been able to compete because of a bum knee. And a lot of these guys they compete through injury, and that like like Tochinoshin, for example, he's competed through injury and he suffered from it, you know. They Big they time. don't believe they don't believe in uh it seems like they don't believe in taking time off to rehabilitate their injuries and I'll say this the the most brutal sport in the world is lithway it's it's Muay Thai with headbutts and no gloves 
and they take time to heal their injuries. Sumo can do it too. The athletes deserve that much, I believe. Do you think it's time for a change in something like that for Sumo? I think the second that you said the word change, anybody who had any decision-making power in Sumo instantly clammed up and stopped listening. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, yeah, from a fan's perspective, there's got to be some balance. Um, th there used to be like a system where you could like occasionally take a tournament off to rest. Um, and the idea behind getting rid of that option was basically like people would take advantage of it. Uh, and then, you know, everybody has some injury at any given time, you know, that they're trying to recoup. So even if they're not too injured to compete, the the worry, and I'm not saying this is what I believe, but like the 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 rationale was that, well, he's only got a minor injury, but he's still, because he's capable of taking this particular Basho off, you know, he's, he's going to just bum around. And the problem here is that there's, there's a, a tremendous incentive to fight through your injury. Even if you have a tournament that doesn't go well for you, it's still going to be better than going uh, winless, basically, by sitting out the whole time. So every single sumo wrestler, except for two so out of like the you know five six hundred or so guys in the professional sumo ranks hakuho and kakuryu are the other those are the two yokozuna and they basically have reached the highest pinnacle they can do whatever they want but every single other person has to perform or else they will lose their rank and get demoted some amount down the rankings um and so because of that and that can directly affect their their paycheck Right. Um, so like there's a tremendous incentive to no matter what, at the very least compete. If you can get a couple wins a tournament, that's going to be dramatically better than sitting out, at least for your record. You know, long term wise, you may end up injuring yourself worse. And that happens all the time, too. So, yeah, injuries is definitely the, the first thing that comes to mind about like what could change about sumo. Uh, and it's it's discussed very widely for sure. But when you have a sport that has it's it's basically been uh the same rule set with just minor tweaks for like a couple centuries there's a lot of inertia to not change anything ever yeah it takes massive change and it, it would have to be something from not just uh within but the entire community uh would have to chime in on that and that's a part of the yeah. problem right there if, if if these guys i feel like the uh nhk wants a uh, stranglehold on the community and they fear any type of um growth inside of japan it feels like they don't want any media done they don't want this because i can't i, I do like i told you when we uh kind of talked a little bit i um i do interviews that's my that's my jam right i like speaking to athletes and getting their stories i can't talk to sumo wrestlers they don't they can't talk to me and or they don't want to one of the two they're scared to and it feels like there's this stranglehold on the media because the, the the narrative has to be controlled because they don't want these massive changes to a sport. And I get it. It's an ancient sport. It's one of the oldest in the world. But at the same time, there's ways to improve the sport. Baseball is adding a designated hitter. It's uh, They're talking about adding it for the entire league, not just the National League, I think it was. Yeah, that, that's a great comparison. Yeah. You know, something that makes it the the players it's easier on the players and it's more fun to watch that way you know you don't have Nobody to watch the to pitcher strike pitcher out bat. yeah yeah because they're horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's the whole reason they're there is to do the opposite of that no i i, I would totally agree but yeah i think there's there's definitely um a, a couple things go into that uh and i'm 
sure I, I, I can't claim to be a big enough expert to know everything that goes into that. But yeah, there's the hundreds of years of history. And one thing that we like to joke about on the show is the entire administration of people making the decisions is exclusively people who wrestled. And even more exclusively, it's people who wrestled and were able to attain a high rank. And like the higher the rank you attain, the more respect you get in the post wrestling, uh, like uh, going into coaching or, you know, administration and stuff like that. So you're basically starting with an entire management made out of uh, the biggest jocks with the most head trauma. So you're, yeah, it's kind of uh, putting themselves at a disadvantage. That's, that is definitely a, a, a running joke on, on our show, but yeah, there, there's a lot of things that make sumo stay the way that it is. And there's a lot of things that, uh, y- there's also plenty of evidence that that's just fine too, just considering yes. like the continued success of it. And it's probably one of those, like, we're going to stick with tradition because it's, it's not that broken. So why fix it? That's a very fair assessment too. I'm not, I'm not one saying kills forward. Um, oh so yeah, yeah. Killed, so yeah. All right. Last question before I let you go. Your top three favorite wrestlers currently, right now. Go. I would say my number one favorite is Takayasu. Uh, he's currently Komasubi, so that's like kind of uh, the lower half of the top ten uh, going into the next tournament. I've he's, got Takayasu ranked ninth in my power rankings, by the way. Top ten. Yeah. Uh, so, oh yeah, real quick on the, on the power rankings. Um, I, I used to do this too, uh, with a similar, similar idea. I, I'd love to talk about how your system works as well, but we ended up kind of abandoning it because sumo uh-huh. is based around a power ranking anyways. So like your performance in the previous tournament kind of selects where you show up on the, on the ranking list for the next tournament. Uh-huh. So I ended up getting frustrated. Like my rankings aren't telling uh, there there's really not new information. I'm just telling that people are in the order they're supposed to be or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would love to see what, uh, how, how yours works. Cause yeah, Takiyasu, regardless though, it, whichever system you look at, he's, he's top 10 right now. Easy. Um, and he's kind of getting a, a little bit older, but he was one of my favorite guys from when I first started, uh, and and Enho is a, a good example of of the same sort of thing, but it's easy, it's easy to like remember the guys that stick out a little bit because yeah. there's a lot of uniformity. Like even even to this day, there are let's see, three or four guys. I'd say there's probably like five out of the top forty guys here that I I could not pick out of a crowd, just because <laughs> yeah. there's there's like you know they they try to look the same so when you first start watching the guys that'll look different, like Tochi Notion and Ho Takiyasu's got the hairiest back I've ever seen, you know, like there, <laughs> there's different things that stick out that are like, Oh, okay. That's the guy I remember. And that's how they kind of latch onto you. And that's Takiyasu for me. Um, and he, he was able to get to Ozeki, the second highest rank for a while, did a great job there. Uh, and, but he's kind of on the decline of his career probably, but yeah, right. so he's my number one guy. The other guys that I really like mainly because they're super exciting in the ring uh enho is is near the top of the list and then i would say hakuho is my other uh guy in the top three i wish uh i wish i got into the sport sooner so i could have seen hakuho's prime because even though he's still the best guy in the entire thing it's the margin is slightly less than it was maybe eight to ten years ago uh just for reference enho is 36 in power ranking and hakuho is number one uh 
So this is the first set of rankings. What I did before I let you go, I'm gonna explain it for you and everybody else listening. Um, I took Chess's scoring system, EL, ELO uh, ranking system, and I applied it to Sumo. Right. So this is the first ranking. I started everybody at a thousand. Or I started the uh, Jurio guys at a thousand, and every rank up, East West, they got another twenty five points. The higher rank they were, all the way up into Hakuho's twenty one fifty. So. How it works is, um, say, Inho beats Hakuho, he gets a bunch of points for beating a uh, the number one guy. Whereas if, let's say, who's even on my list? Uh, Asuna, Yama, and Shodai, say they go at it, it wouldn't be as big of a difference because they're supposed to be 50-50. Follow what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I, I follow what you're saying because I literally also used ELO as a base when I did this <laughs> a couple of years ago. <laughs> so yes, now I even more so want to collaborate on this. But yeah, yes. so it's there's basically a zero sum. There's this many points and mm-hmm. you steal more points from somebody, the more unlikely yes. the result was going to be. Exactly. So I'm curious to see. I've looked at the, I'm waiting for the, the Bazooka to come out for, for January. When did that come out? Do you remember? Uh, it generally comes out about two weeks before the tournament starts. So I would expect okay. it um, probably New Year's weekend, give or take, maybe one weekend before or after that, give or take. Awesome. So I'm, I'm really, I want to see uh, how my rankings stack up. Now, obviously, uh, Kakaru, Hakuho, Asanoyama, was it Shodai? They all didn't complete the Basho. Some of them didn't even compete. Um, so I don't think it's going to be much difference, but I'm interested to see how the, uh, the power rankings match up against that. Oh Jake yeah. Danger. No, we, we could, uh, we could absolutely go for, for hours about this, but I can say for sure those top five guys are going to stay where they're at just because of the way that the rankings work. Yeah. Um, Cause they fight the lower guys. Yeah. And, and whether, if you're a Yokozuna or if you're an Ozeki, the ranks work slightly differently, but everyone mm-hmm. below that will shuffle around a lot more, but those top right. five guys will be the top five going into January again. Awesome. Awesome. Jake Danger, I appreciate you coming on, my friend. Um, where can everybody find you? Where can everybody find Grand Sumo Breakdown? Search for Grand Sumo Breakdown on whatever social media and podcast apps you got. We're on pretty much everywhere, but Twitter's probably where we uh, we got the most active, uh, activity. You can find me personally at GSB Jake. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, there's four of us. So we're able to manage more than, more than just, uh, one or two, uh, accounts. Fortunately for us. I'll make sure to link everything in the bio. I'm waiting for your next episode and, uh, tune in guys. It's a great, great podcast. You are going to like it. Jake. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Have a good one. Absolutely. You too. Thank you to Jake for coming on the podcast. Please check out Grand Sumo Breakdown. They are fantastic. You guys would really enjoy it, especially if you're all about the combat sports like me. Anyways, next up, Tovan Anthony. Who you got? Singer, rapper, musician. He's really awesome. He trains. He has his own podcast. And we really just we talk about where Who You Got came from. Uh, and if you haven't heard it, I've got a clip at the beginning that I'm about to play. Uh, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Tovan Anthony's funny. Uh, We have a good time, and he really knows what he's talking about, too. He trains as well, has a couple podcasts. You guys, y'all don't want to miss this. So without further ado, Tovan Anthony. But 
I'ma go with Jared. Yeah, uh, yep, can Main event, in. who you got? All right, we got the main event, and we got people hoping Gaethje brings the story to an end. And last time he proved the basics win fights, but what is there to do once the eagle takes flight? As for my prediction, even though I know they're wishing that the highlight will be standing as new king of the division, I'm sorry, y'all. I really wish him the best, but I truly believe he's gonna end up like the rest. Mauled. Actually, I think he's gonna get choked out, but um, is what it is. So Tovan. You are the man behind who you got. The new Twitter <laughs> sensation that is sweeping the MMA Twitter sphere. And it's it's lovely. So for those who don't know, Tovan here takes a card. He makes his predictions in a unique way. He wraps them out. And that's exactly what you heard at the top of this segment here. Uh, first of all, man, thanks for joining me. How are you doing today, bro? Dude, I'm doing great, man. Feeling good. How you doing? I am making it. I am off today, and I'm enjoying my off day. So, yeah, I'm just just getting some homework in. That's all. Um, <laughs> how did who you got first happen? I guess. What was where'd you start this? How'd you start this? So, um, uh, the idea came came to me while I was in the gym. Uh, and it's really funny because I think I uh, ended up telling uh, James Lynch like about this, but I didn't elaborate too much. But uh, a I get a bunch of ideas about fighting and and um and like just funny videos that I want to do in the gym and sometimes like if I think it's a silly idea because that's how it is with me I'll be like this is a this is a crappy idea I don't know maybe <laughs> people won't like it you know um I'll just I'll talk to um my coach who's like one of my best friends and I'm like hey you think this is a good idea and every time I tell him something he's like dude just try it just try it just try it and I'm like okay so um the week that um I was gonna do the first who you got like that entire week leading up i just kept like going oh, i don't know if this is a good idea i don't know if this is a good idea and then the morning of um the morning of i was like no this is gonna happen this is gonna happen because you know i every time i slack on an idea i regret it so um then i just started i made a beat in like five minutes and then i just started writing and i was like okay this seems okay and i freestyled the rest and that's what happened. And I was like, okay, let's see what happens. I put it up and then just boom, 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 boom. I'm like, why does my phone keep vibrating? <laughs> Got to turn them off. Got to turn those nuts, notifications man. off. That's awesome. So it was the first video that blew up. Yeah. Like, so, uh, the first time I ever, uh, put out a video of me rapping about UFC fighters was, um, the one that I just have titled UFC rap. And the concept of it was if, if I were a rapper and, I wanted to like freestyle, quote unquote, about fighters I liked or something like that. And um, I made a little video. My friend went with me down to a park and I was like, OK, I just need you to hold the camera and I'm going to, you know, uh, mouth off the lyrics or whatever. And uh, then I put it up and the amount of cats that were retweeting it and then sending me messages saying, hey, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. I'm like, OK, I guess this is something. All right. And then. Like, right after that, that's when, you know, I was in the gym and I was thinking, yo, what if I did, like, fight predictions? But, like, I am I know I can ramble for a long period of time. And we have, a, like, a lot of um, uh, content creators and people out there that, you know, they fill the scene with um, talking about, you know, predictions and why and this, that, and the other. And I was like, okay, I want to do something that's kind of quick, kind of fun. But, like I said, I thought it was kind of a stupid idea. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> Uh, well, mainly because anytime I think something is cool for a second, I'm like, okay, if I think it's cool an hour later, it might be cool. 
just I was like, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm like rapping, you know. See, I'm like people are gonna think I'm corny, man. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, no, that's what happened. And then I, the first prediction video, it blew, um, it blew like my first UFC rap thing just out of the water, view wise and everything like that. Because that's when you know, I guess um, people realized I was an actual fan, you know. Right. So right. Like, oh, okay. He actually keeps sure. up. Yeah, because um, I remember with the first video I did. Uh, you know, the people I named with the exception of maybe Calvin Cater and uh, Bryce Mitchell and um, just one more person I mentioned in there, like with the exception of those names, everyone else are like people that if even if you're like a super casual to the game, you would know who they are. So right. it's like, OK, he's just rapping about a couple fighters. This is cool. Let's let's move on. But then when people saw the prediction video, they're like, oh, he really watches this. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, kid. We like you. I can tell by your picks. You're not like just riding off the big name uh, wave. You actually you watch these fights like any other hardcore fan, and that's what I think makes it most appealing. Because a lot of people like picks, a lot of people like Vegas mm-hmm. picks and stuff like that. But you provide mm-hmm. picks in a different way. That's like it's fun. I get who you, when you release one, I get who you got stuck in my head. I'm like, because I can't rap, bro. So I'm like, who you got? I'm just mumbling. It's, it's catchy, man. It's funny. The way you just described it, my nephew, like he saw, my oldest nephew, he always, he's always looking at my stuff, but he saw it. He was like, hey, Uncle T. Um, <laughs> he was like, it sounds like you're saying who you got, and then you just... Uh, my mind blanks from there, and then you say who you got again, and I'm like, hey, all right, cool. I mean, he doesn't really watch MMA, so that's why, but it's like, all right, cool, man. So I'm, I'm about to give you props here. You picked Aaliyah Tapuria to win his fight, his last fight. I really respected that because the Georgians are coming. They're, they're destroying the UFC right now. Um, it's something so, else. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the Marab Divishvili, Roman Dikazde, I mean, these guys are really, really good. Um, who are some of your favorite? Now, I don't want to know your favorite fighter. I want to know who are your mm-hmm. favorite up and coming fighters. Like mine, up and coming is Aliyah Tapuria. Also, like Yusef Zalal. Who are some of your favorite up and coming young prospects in the game right now? Young prospects. Oh man. Uh, let's put you on the clock there, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Because I'm sitting here, like, I mean, I know who's technically new to MMA specifically. Um, uh, when it comes to younger cats, of course, of course I like, of course I like the Bryce Mitchells. Of course I like. Um, let me see. I'm not trying to get too clouded here, because <laughs> there. No, it's because there are some people who are like new to other people, but they're not new to the game. Right? They're no, like, no, no. Who do you see though? It it ain't about him. It's about who you see is like new to the ah. game. Like Bryce Mitchell's new to the game. Yeah, he he's definitely new to the game. I definitely like who just fought uh last week, um uh Chase Chase uh, Cooper. But if, but the, like clearly like the thing about it is like he's very young, and I hope they do not book his next fight like in the next six months. I pre- I really hope they don't. Um, what I, he, he has some things he to work needs on. To do is go train with Ortega. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's, he's um, taking the career path that Chase Cooper's going to need at that weight division. You know, um, jujitsu guy turned boxer, so. I'd like to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Who's, who knows, though? Um, who else do I like, man? I like Mitchell. Um, Bantamweight has a lot of good guys. I like Divish Vili if he would punch on the ground. He just likes to lay on top of people. Yeah. Um, Chito Vera's not really new, but he's new to a lot of people. 
He fights mm-hmm. uh, Aldo this weekend. That's going to be a banger too. That's um, going to be nutty. That's going to be very nutty. Um, like I really, I, I just want to know what his strategy is going to be against Aldo. If Aldo comes out, you know, like like the Aldo I want him to be. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I see Cheeto, you know, doing work. He might, he might get it. He really might get it. Uh, his confidence is at an all-time high. I mean, you know, a win's a win. Some people look at it like, oh, it's because Sean slipped on a banana peel. It's like, well, he looked really good until he slipped there, on a banana peel. <laughs> yeah. Huh? It was leg damage there first. He was, he was, he was working that leg. Yeah, and he was kicking him. O'Malley's so. had leg problems in the past. That was great tape play on his part. I think he's I think he's pretty tall uh, for that division. He might be a featherweight soon. Uh, that's what I think. Like in the next couple of years or something. But um, yeah, he's, especially he's, if he doesn't want to deal with those issues. Him at featherweight would be scary. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, guys at featherweight, they're not necessarily short either. I mean, you uh, got the Calvicators, five right. eleven. You got um, uh, of course you got Max Holloway. He's about what five ten, five eleven. He's not like super tall, but he's tall enough. Um, now, granted, if you're dealing with guys Zabit. like Volkanovski, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. Zabit I'm still wondering, to this, yeah. that's a guy, that's a guy I re- I've been watching since he came to the UFC. I'm like, oh, this guy's scary. This guy's dumb scary. And I wanted him, I- I'm still so sad about the Yair Rodriguez deal. Like, he hasn't fought Yair yet, but, you know. Yeah, it's a fight that needs to happen. It really does. That's That's such a... Because both of them, first of all, both of them have gas tank issues. I, I'm really critical about Zabit and yeah. Yair on their gas tank. They both mm-hmm. gas out. Uh, both of them would have lost to Jeremy Stevens should they go to five rounds, which yeah. Zabit should have gone to five rounds. Same thing with Calvin Cater and Zabit. But Zabit got lucky. It's not five rounds. So I'd like to see him. Well, you know, Oliveira's had gas tank problems in the past, too. And he really showed a good job against Tony going the distance. Um just by pacing himself and stuff. So, you know, I think they just need to show them pacing themselves instead of going balls to the wall the entire time. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I get it. Um, I think that's a part of, like, uh, because neither... How old is... um? How old is Zabit? He's not, like... He's not 30, um, right? Hold on. Let me he, see. You got me wondering now. Like he, I think he's still in his 20s. But, um... I think that like comes down to like the the youth of it all, <laughs> because yeah. when you're younger, you want to be exciting, you want to get guys out of there. Also, you're you're 29. It's like you're playing. Oh, really? Nice. Like you're you're playing like the smart game, but at the same time, you're not because you're running your gas tank out. But um, you're playing like the smarter game because you're trying to get people out of there. You're trying to spend less time in the octagon. I get it. But what happens when that's not enough? Like you know. Uh, when somebody's sitting there and they've weathered the storm and they're just like, okay, young buck, let's keep going. <laughs> um, that's, that's, you see that but, all the time with old guys. Oh, dude, what? Glover. Let me tell you something. Glover is the, the prime oh, example of that. Bro. Man, Glover's been a you murderer. Wanna, you want to talk about a flame just reignited? That's that's a story right there. That is a story. And I'm like, okay, um, I I really hope I really hope, even though it's going to be a while, that he does wait it out and just go for that title shot. Because that's a true story, man. You're you're one of the older cats in the division, and normally guys your age don't even get that run, let alone the opportunity. So yeah. it's like, it's like no, don't. I wouldn't even recommend taking another fight. I don't think he is, but I wouldn't recommend nah. it. 
But um, definitely. Imagine, uh, Izzy. Imagine Izzy beats beats Yan for the belt. Oh boy! Here comes Izzy versus Glover, and Glover's just pinning Izzy up against the fence. Can't do nothing, getting him to the ground. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because that's exactly what he's gonna do. Like so, the Jones would have a field day, <laughs> dude. It would be nuts because um, see, the thing I like about Adesanya is like he's constantly working, but he's getting to those fighters, with the exception of Costa, that are just um, you know, they're not gonna play what I call the stupid game. And just go in there and do exactly what he wants them to do. And that's why he wins. Um, <laughs> because um, Glover, no, he's he's old. He's a seasoned cat. He's like, I don't have time to be running around trying to be funny. Unlike, um, and I don't like kicking a man when he's down. But I do feel he got bamboozled in the fight. Um, uh, oh, how am I forgetting his name? Kevin Holland just beat him. Jacare. I uh, believe oh, yeah. if Jacare wasn't cheesing and having a little too much fun I'm not saying he would have won the fight, but I don't think he would have got knocked out like that. You know, with, with, with Kevin Holland sitting on his ass. That was insane. Exactly. I've never seen that before. I've never dude, seen dude, that before. Dude was sitting I, down. I was like, this is something you see when somebody like in in a neighborhood in the city is getting jumped <laughs> and they're trying to get out. Like that's that's what you see. Okay, I'm like, no, that's dude. TMZ that, stuff. That ain't UFC stuff, yeah, man. That's that is not supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so like I actually had someone here watching the fights with me and she was just like is th- is that a move is is th- no. y'all train that I'm like no no I've no. never I've never I haven't done it <laughs> I'll tell you that <laughs> I'll try anything I see on YouTube I haven't done that <laughs> Ooh that's stupid So you you yeah, fight but... too you train don't you I train I train definitely um I wanted to I really wanted to get one competitive fight in but you know COVID happened uh i've done a couple of like i've done a smoker and an exhibition uh my gym they they put me in a couple of things but um would i consider myself a fighter i'm like oh no because every time i've trained and then fought i'm like i don't want to do this again for a long time like at all <laughs> and I'm, and on top of that like the guys on the fight team at my gym i trained at um beta academy in washington dc um they when I look at them, I'm like, it's the same reason I don't really consider myself a rapper because, um, like my main genre, like I, I like to experiment, I'll do metal and, and other things like that. And, um, really it's my friends that are doing like the rap thing. And sometimes I'll jump in and out. Um, but like I say, it's the same thing. Cause I go to the gym and I see these guys who are training every single day, like every single day. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> Like, I don't I don't know if I could do that, because at some point you do have to take it very, very seriously. I mean, fighting, it's 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 the ultimate form of expression. And it's literally one of the most like consequential things you can do. You're getting in there and you're hitting somebody upside the head and they're trying to hit you. And it's 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 something else. Uh, And the pressures, I'm like, wow, like the way my heart beats out of my chest just for a simple exhibition. I I wonder what some guys are going through when they want to pursue this as a professional career. Now, clearly, some of the butterflies go away for some people. But um, for the guys that that just walk in there with ice in their veins, it's like, okay, that's a hardened individual. And he earned that. John Jones, basically. John Jones has oh, ice my. in his veins. He doesn't seem like he's anything bothered. I don't like John Jones. I don't like him in the cage. I don't like him out the cage anymore. Mm-mm. But he's a professional fighter. He's probably the best example of a professional fighter in in uh, demeanor inside the cage. He's never never worried. Uh, you know, he does that good. He frames and he does a really good job of keeping people off of him. So 
Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. Um, so you, you talked about your music a little bit. What is your preferred genre to make, man? What do you like? Is it metal? Is it rap? Is it somewhere in between? Is it Rage Against the Machine, which is one of my favorites? Oh, man. Funny thing when it comes to Rage, uh, that's actually one of the bands that made me uh, – because when I started playing guitar specifically, that's what really um, sort of catapulted me into wanting, wanting to make music at all. Um, but I started playing guitar uh, with a friend of mine who's my best friend. And uh, one of his favorite bands was Rage Against the Machine. I had never heard of them up to that point in my life. <laughs> I was maybe like 16 years old. And I'm That's like, how you get angry. Yeah. And I'm Rage like, it makes you angry, bro. I'm like, yo, I want a mosh right now. But at the same time, I'm like, this is freaking cool because it's like the perfect fusion of like rap and rock. And like, it means something. And like, ah, I feel like I'm getting all this extra stuff out. And I'm like, okay, like, I, I like this. Um, so they definitely have, even to this day, uh, a very, very heavy influence on what I make. Like nowadays, I do like a fusion of metal, EDM, and jazz because my drummer, he comes from like a, a jazz gospel chops background. So he's doing all this crazy Ooh, stuff. And I'm like, beautiful. Yeah. I'm just like, yo, you know what? Love you, man. So whenever I make music, like, yeah, I'll program out some drums, but live, I'm like, you do whatever you want. And he gets crazy. But um, yeah, that's like, that's mainly what I do. That's mainly what I do. I like to experiment around and stuff um, because I listen to I listen to a lot of genre, genres. You know, you run into people. You're like, so what type of music do you listen to? And they're like everything. And then I'm like, well, I listen to Bulgarian fiddle tunes. And they're like, huh? Hmm? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Russian throat singing. <laughs> Russian throat singing. No. Yes. You ever seen jazz with the bagpipes? I have. <laughs> Even though bagpipes I'd like have the experimental six notes. stuff too, man. That's all about. You ever listen to Buckethead? Oh man, <laughs> I've seen Buckethead live, and it's really? even more mesmerizing in person. It's insane. He and he's weird too, bro. So Buckethead, he comes out with a toy sack like he's Santa Claus, and he hands people toys in the crowd with a track playing in the back. I'm in the front row, so Buckethead <laughs> comes. He looks at me. He does this right here, and he hands me a Hot Wheel. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? I still have the Hot Wheel. I still have the Hot Wheel, bro. I got to find it. I'll send you a picture of it later. But, man, it's, it's he's so weird. I loved it. I loved every second of it. It was beautiful. So um, I had one stipulation for you coming on the podcast, mm. and you had to uh, hook me up with a couple bars about my favorite fighter, Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, I think that's what I want to close out on. Drop me some bars on Cowboy Cerrone. I don't need a track. I just need some words. Ah, uh, Okay, okay. Um. Let me see. Like, I was trying to write stuff down, and then I'm like, all right, just write down some keywords and see what you can do with it. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> I, now I feel like I'm under pressure. It's weird. <laughs> it's a cipher, man. Come on. <laughs> all right, it's a cipher. It's a cipher. All right, I got to get in the zone like my buddies. Think like my buddies. All right. Uh, you better saddle up for a hard night out because it's all fun and games till the cowboy rides out. You want to talk about legacy? Let's talk about the octagon king bringing the energy. Anytime, any place, any enemy. Head kicks and bud light for the synergy. It don't matter which way the wind blows if you... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you good. That's all I need. That was uh, hot. Oh, my God. All right, all right, all right. You got more? Go ahead. Just go if you want to go. Uh, 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 what I say the last? Okay, it don't matter which way the wind blows. If you slack for a second, he'll bring it all to a close. Combos, head to body, then back to the dome. 
Um, his resume will tell you just why he stands alone from Denver, Colorado to New Mexico. You want to talk about a fighter? Cowboy's the one you need to know. Yeah, I can do that. Oh, I'm clipping, I'm clipping it. I'm clipping it. We tagging Donald Cerrone. We're going to get the retweet. It's going to be amazing, bro. I love it. All right, man. Hey, that works for me. That works for me. <laughs> so, uh, where, where can, when's the next who you got come out? And where can everybody catch you on social media, man? All right. So the next who you got, I'm 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 gonna end the year strong, just like the UFC is. I'm gonna uh, do it probably weigh-in day. That's this Friday, right? That's Friday. Yeah. 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 This Friday. Um, that's when the next who you got comes out, and uh, you can find me at Aoxis, A E O X I S, on any social media platform. It's the same all the time. You want to catch me on? I have a podcast as well. Sometimes we talk fighting. Other times we just talk crap. It's me and my co-host. He's a comedian, Bria Badu. We have a lot of fun with it. And um, last thing I'm going to say is um, I have a series where I teach people, like, comically, the art of self-defense. It's called Hands Up, Chin Down. You'll see links for it soon. Awesome. Tobin, thanks, man. I appreciate you. It's been fun. We'll have to do this again soon. This was a blast. Yo, thank you so much, man. I love talking to you. Have a good one, bro. Later, man. Have a good one. Q Tracks. Thanks to Tovan for coming on. I really appreciate it. I was happy. I wanted to talk to him so bad when I first saw his UFC, uh, who you got with Gaethje and Habib. So that's going to be uh, very, very fun uh, to see his next one coming up for this Friday. Make sure you get at him on social media because this helps him out too. And he deserves it. So does Jake Danger. He deserves it. Get at him on social media as well guys i'm out i'm going to call it a day y'all have a good one y'all i'm so country and my friends make fun of me for it anyways y'all take it easy i'll catch y'all next time
Be sure to check out the website, fight-library.com, where you can find all my latest interviews across all different sports. Follow me on Twitter, Blaine Henry TFL. Instagram, Fight Library. YouTube, The Fight Library. Twitch, Fight Library. Are you catching the hint here? Fight Library everywhere. Follow us on social media. Stay up to date on the latest news, interviews, all that good stuff.